It's Stompface, the Violence King. You're listening to the MEP Report. Enjoy, or I punch you. Left my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles And I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for Go now. All right. Then, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Rep Report number 38, July 12th, 2006. What's going on, everybody? We're the Mep Reporters, bitch. Oh, my God. I am in a bad mood. What the record state? I am in a bad mood. Russ is in a good mood. I'm in a feelish mood. I'm in a neutral mood. Separation of our personalities ever. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, before shot. you guys get started, le- before you get started, let me just quickly say that um, I want it. We want to welcome everyone as always. Thank you for listening and send a special shout out to people from Podcast Pickle from coming and voting for us because we are in round nine of Cast Wars. We have made O-M-G. it to the final 32. 32 podcasts on Earth. We are one of them that are final. So we're in the double octo final. We're in the double octo final. Fantastic. So please, double thank octo. you so much. And please go vote <laughs> for us over at Podcast Pickle Cast Wars. It's great. Thank you. We're all about break rounds. We are in the World Cup. I would I would posit we are in the World Cup that's final right. of Podcast Pickle. Because that's, that's right. how many teams get to go. 32. So now we're trying to make the knockout round. So we're trying to make 16. All we have to do is beat Togo this week, guys. we got to beat or tie Togo. <laughs> exactly. At some point, the three of us have to be like, ole, 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 or something like that, right, to get it going? Yeah, but not now. Okay, Definitely good. not now. Some other time. Though. <sighs> so thanks, everybody. Yeah, and, this actually right. segues really right. nicely into what I have to say. And I'm you just want to rant first? You, you can rant can. first. I'm going to well, rant it's later. It's just because it has a World Cup tie-in. Maybe 10 minutes ago, on my way home, rushing home on the subway to get to the map report, I met Zinedine Zidane. And he tried to headbutt me to the sternum, and I'm not happy about it. Did you insult I am his not mom? Pleased. This is I am so really great. not pleased. Did you know I had so, a rant saved up about how he's my hero and how I will love him forever? Uh, of course you do. Of course you do. Because this guy, or a godless New Yorker, one or the other, and. I am so angry. I'm just so angry because it's so unnecessary. And this is the type of stuff. What I, the story I am about to relate to you is the type of stuff that gets me pissed off for days sometimes for no good reason. This stuff should not bother me, <laughs> but it gets under my skin. It just bothers me that the I story. have to share the planet with Can so many Can you explain the incident, up. though? Can you explain, God, Can you explain the incident, huh? first the of all, for people who have been living under a rock? will be president of France yes. someday. Yes. Just so you so, know, so he will be the I'm president just, of France. That's my that's my overview. Now, we'll go back. I'll tell you the story. I'm on the subway, right? BART, Bay Area. I commute to San Francisco every day. I live in Berkeley. I come home. And when the train gets off in Berkeley, it's been picking up all of the first-line commuters. It's stuffed with people. And everybody lives in downtown Berkeley. It's one of the most densely populated areas in the East Bay. So lots and lots of people getting up. And, you know, sometimes they crush together a little bit like Tokyo Subway, what you would imagine, people going for the staircase, filtering into the staircase. So there's a tiny little bit of bumping occasionally, a little bit of, you know, whatever. I have a backpack, a little bit of bumping. This guy behind me, who I swear to God is the spitting image of Mr. Zidane, except maybe a little (laughs) taller, this, like, buzz-cut, asshole-looking guy. Like, I may have bumped him. I didn't even notice. You know, we're all crushing together. Like, five people are bumping into each other. Was he ridiculously handsome and Algerian? Oh, God. He was not at all Algerian, no. He was a a white guy with a buzz cut. (laughs) And he was... No, I do not think either Zidane or this man had anything going for them in the handsome department. 
Okay, but he did kick. I will. I will tell you that. Oh my god. So oh the guy. So the guy, like, really quietly, like barely audibly, but in a very sarcastic, inaudible, whispery voice. When I like get in front of him, and you know, in this crush of people, he's like, "Pardon me," and I don't even think he's talking to me. And I'm just like, "That's kind of weird." Whatever. And so I just think nothing of it, and I'm walking up, and I'm like, "Huh, that's you know, maybe he was talking to me. I don't think I was supposed to be able to hear that." And then he kicks me in the ankle on the stairs. Wow. Like, clearly, deliberately. Like, there was no mistaking it. He tried to trip it. you it down the stairs? Wow. To the ankle. And I was like, what is going on? This is outrageous. So, you, he so story. Me in the ankle. Knowing like, your tendencies, really? so, you responded okay, immediately no, with no. a roundhouse kick to the head, right? Right. Just because that's the way you exactly, are. So, yes. right, so okay. pacifist me is sitting here <laughs> on the stairs. And you can lose your footing on the stairs. Now, granted, the only thing I would have done is, like, fall on top of him if I had. But he kicked me in the ankle. And mind you, this guy is also, like, wearing a suit, okay? He doesn't have a suit coat on. He has it, like, over his shoulder. But he's dressed up, like, clearly okay. coming from formal work. And I'm just like, okay. So we go through the little, you know, exit turnstiles and put our tickets in and whatever else. And he's like sitting there sort of next to me. And I just slow down almost to a stop. I'm like, I'm just going to let this guy walk on by. So he walks on a little bit and turns around and stares at me and then goes up the stairs and like every half step stares and glares back at me again. And I'm like, what did I do to this human being? What is going on? And I was really, it was at that point I was expecting a, a, a headbutt to the sternum. I was like, this is wow. ridiculous. So I'm just averting my eyes, like stopping on the stairs. So eventually he goes up, he goes up, he goes up. And then I get to the top of the corner and I'm sort of looking around because I don't know if this guy's going to ambush me or what's going on. Like I was really starting to get concerned. And so I finally turn the normal corner going towards my house and then I see him up front. You know, he's about 50 yards ahead of me or something. So I start to slow down again. He turns around and again stares at me. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to let this go. Walk and walk and walk. And then he stops, like, in front of this cafe. In fact, it was the exact same cafe that I podcasted from so many moons ago on the uh, Capoeira music. Oh, <laughs> just to okay. give you a, a little reference. Little this exact, the, he stops in front of the door of the, camp, the cafe, folds his arms, and there's like, you know, 25, 30 people out on the street. It's not like it's just the two of us in, at the OK Corral. There's all of these people out there. Yes. Wow, wow. All these people, and he folds his arms and stares at me and, like, is facing me down as I'm walking towards him. And I'm like, I am so done with this. So I, like, stared out into the street, like, in front of a car or something and crossed the street. And I was just walking on by. And kept having to check over my shoulder. It was ridiculous. I was like, Story this is Berkeley, California. Stomp face the violence. <laughs> Where, yeah, exactly. Maybe it was stomp face. Maybe it was Zinedine Zidane. Can, you stop, stop, to him in a can we stop topic? associating your random thug with the greatest Frenchman ever to tread on the soccer field, oh, please? God, of course. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing similar it's about either what New happened York to you and what happened guy. in the World Cup. It's one or the other. Well, I have Let to me say, ask you a question, Story. Yeah. Did you insult yes. the man's heritage, his mother, his sister, and his familial lineage before he kicked you in the shin? No. I said right. nothing to him. And that's why these two incidents are completely different. Right, exactly. Because words justify violence in the mind of Russ Guberman. Certain words <laughs> do, absolutely. Because emotional oh pain can be worse than physical pain, believe it or not. Before Absolutely we get to can. this, can I just quickly throw in something based on this? Because I had two yes. thoughts when Story told no! this story. Oh, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to punch you. Yes. Um, so two things came <laughs> to my mind eventually, okay? First of all, it was that it's interesting that this happened on the West Coast. And I think what this suggests is that maybe New oh, York doesn't have... Oh, it was clearly have... an escapee from the East Coast. Uh-huh. No, yeah, exactly. I, I already exactly. have covered that. Right. If Zidane weren't a nice tie-in, I would have right. said some asshole New Yorker who uh, forgot his map and ended yeah. up in Berkeley. My point is that violence could happen even in that liberal it's bastion true. of Berkeley. The other thing I was thinking was it reminded me very much of when I was... Because this kind of stuff only happens to, that I've ever noticed in terms of driving. And I remember there was one time when I was driving along the road um, late at night and I was driving, I think it was the Massachusetts Turnpike, actually, so I guess this is a story's East Coast theory, but I'm driving along, and this guy was driving along and, like, cuts right in back of me, you know, like, there was me and then the car behind me, and he sort of cut in between, and, like, practically, practically hits my bumper, that's how close he was, and then proceeds to stay there, and we're doing 65 miles an hour or whatever for, you know, I don't know, at least five minutes. Finally, I'm like, okay, this has got to stop, so I tap on my brakes, right? 
The guy flips. Right. He pulls out. He accelerates. He cuts in front of me and breaks. So I've got to break. <laughs> Then I like have to wow. stay, and he he and I like start playing this game. I felt like Super I was in some, road rage. I was in like some damn Stephen King movie. Like you know, he's zooming up and then he's zooming back, and then he's like moving over. And like at one point, the window was go- rolling down. I'm like, I'm gonna die. He's gonna pull out a gun. And he's gonna blow me away, and I'm gonna be like <laughs> yeah. random road rage guy because this guy doesn't know how to drive. So finally, I'm, I'm I'm serious. Like I felt like I'm driving along, I'm driving along, and I see this rest area on the right. Finally, like at the last right. second, I zoom over, and the guy like is breaking and desperately trying to get over into the thing to follow me but he couldn't do it so he actually like he screeches he practically sent his car off the curb like into the rest area and stops and then pulls out and goes again so i go in the rest area and i'm like there's a cop there and i'm like yes i'd like to report the following because obviously i knew all about the guy's license plate at this point because you know (laughs) and the guy was like well so he radioed it ahead from you yeah so he like radioed it ahead to like every cop in the free world there's I mean, a little impression yeah. of it on your forehead. So I guess the point was an event, and then he, you know, I didn't see him again. But I guess the thing that got to me, and this is sort of where I'm, frankly, if this had happened to either Russ or myself story, Russ would have immediately reacted. I would have taken me less time to react. But the point oh, is, yeah. in general, people just, it's like even the way you look can set this person off. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not about you. It's about how pissed off they are at the world and how close they are to the edge oh, of sanity. Sure. You know, so it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. it, it, I mean, the problem with this thing happening to me is that what people don't know is that I walk around wisely or not in the world. And then if anyone wants to start shit with me, especially for no reason whatsoever, occasionally, I'd say about half the time I am in the mode where I'm not afraid to die, which is very bad for everyone involved in that particular situation. Because I'll just be like, okay, do you want to risk your life on pissing me off for no reason? Because I'm ready to turn this into a nuclear situation for no particular reason, just because you wanted to start something. I blame this on, you know, whatever, testosterone, uh, genetics. I don't know what causes this, but it's true. And so I don't instigate things with people, but, you know, if anyone wants to start that kind of thing with me, whether I'm, you know, <laughs> able to carry through with my idea of killing them or not, or maybe they'll, they're twice the size of me, it really makes no difference. Listeners, Basically, test this story by them. sending provocative emails to Russ. Let's find out what happens. But this, but this is not the point of the story. I want to go back to the World Cup for a second, because <laughs> can we put this into context? The freaking bastard Italian team knocked down Zizou no less than half a dozen times in the game, mostly illegitimately. You could see in the replay how they were grabbing him and taunting him and saying stuff. They had knocked down his teammates and fouled the crap out of the French players. Every time an Italian player gets hit, they cry like they've been shot by a freaking 50 caliber rifle bullet. They go, oh my God, my ankle is broken. I hate, I, that's the one thing that I that's hate about people, That's what they said too, in the a bad pizza guy voice. Not, not in Italian, like, they did a bad pizza Fine, guy. fall down, try to draw the foul, but don't start screaming like that's going to draw the foul. Like, oh my God, my knees, oh my God. Because they get up two seconds effective. later and they're fine. But they get that's up. why people so do it, is it works. The Italians it were works, doing though. it. Everybody the does French it and it works. Even your precious French do it. Even if, your precious French do it, and it works. First, I have no <laughs> kinship with either one of these countries. There's no relatives from either one. I just happen to like Zidane because it was amazing to me that a retiring player could clearly be the most skilled man on the field at all times, yeah. and that he was willing to end his career while clearly being the best player on the field. So this thing happens, and I was like, good for him. Good for him. First of all, the guy he had butted did not get hurt at all. And in fact, it's almost impossible to knock someone over by headbutting them in the chest unless they don't expect it at all, which is why he fell over. It was surprise. It wasn't that he hit him that hard. So he didn't get hurt. Why would he be surprised he was being headbutted? Well, I mean, can't imagine. That, yeah, that would exactly. be the option, right? That was an awesome move, by the way. Oh, and my oh, incidentally side prediction, you will see no less than 100 comedy skits where French guys get randomly pissed off and headbutt people in the chest. This is going to be the new thing. Any minute now, you're going to see this all over TV because it's such a signature French wait, maneuver. Let me that stop this is you for be a second. Though. With the French for all time. Let me stop for a second. Sure. How is it possible that you and Story can somehow share the same brain? Because I cannot think of a less likely reaction to come from Story than the one you have right now. Like I cannot imagine Story sitting around going, "I think oh, it was totally good that he didn't get hurt." And like, how is this? This Today is breaking is down. An exceptional day. I Russ guess. and I agree on nothing. Russ, I hear, was in a good <laughs> mood. I'm in a bad mood. Russ supports it, and I oppose it. Him. I crossed the street rather than confront this guy. Russ would have killed him. There's no, there's absolutely no similarity. Russ okay, and right. I are taking a hiatus. This, this from is, each other. I mean, okay. you found it. This is the issue where we absolutely diverge. Like violence and reactions to 
and you know on even the scale of how severe different reactions are story thinks right. physical violence is the absolute worst thing that you can visit upon someone and i don't believe that at all to be fair there are days that in the wrong mood in the wrong situation that i would have screamed at this guy there are okay. times that that would have happened i and you know probably any time that i was in high school or even early college when i was really a firebrand i might have just turned around and screamed at him but i just was not there was something menacing enough about this situation no i that think you made like, the right I decision knew that i would I knew I would be exchanging my right to scream at him for his right to, you know, remove the yeah. from my hand. No, I think, I think you made the right, if, you made the right decision. If it on a map report day, maybe, you know, but <laughs> I had to get home. You, you took one for the team. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> the emu self-preservation <laughs> instinct kicked in. <laughs> exactly. Must do the map report. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I have a similar feeling about not being afraid to die most of the time, and the only thing holding me back from my normal, normal callousness to death is Emily, really. <laughs> but you know, I mean, certainly any time yeah, before Emily was in my life, married. I had the exact oh, same sure. attitude and didn't yeah. care, and would have made a really big deal about standing up to this guy or just like getting in his way some more or something. I mean, I could definitely see myself doing things like that. Here, so, have my ankle. You know, kick it again. Kick it again. Think of that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Nothing violent. Now, maybe things that would, in some people's mind, incite more violence from a violent person, but certainly not doing anything violent. Myself. But see, the reaction I would have had to this, For because I'm somewhere, I'm often, I'm really sort of between you two in this in this thing. I think I'm probably a little bit more towards... No, you would have said, thank you so much for kicking my ankle. I really want to thank you for that interaction. Now, <laughs> no. it wasn't the friendliest interaction. Yeah. No. It wasn't an interaction I would seek out, but I want to uh, thank you for doing that. No. And could you come on the map report and <laughs> metaphorically kick no, me? No, the truth is, though, he broke, great. I have this he podcast. broke both Listen. my legs, yeah. but, you know, he's probably an okay guy. I don't want to make any snap judgments about him. I'm sure no, that he, in other respects, though. is a fine human. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no, no like, this it, game's fun. Let's go on. In all seriousness, like the, the magnanimity thing I, I know is certainly true, but in all seriousness, what you guys don't realize is I think that that's generally true about me, but I also have a very – and Russ knows this because I've talked with him about it. I have a very developed sense of injustice. And I think my reaction to that, especially, you know what would have been worse? If I had seen Story going through it, I think I would have been even angrier than if it happened to me. Because my oh, reaction true. would have been oh, like, because knowing, what, because knowing what I knew about Story, which is not that like Story needs someone to protect him, but the fact that Story was the person that he was, that would have pissed me off so much that I would have been like, you know what? Story's not going to do anything because Story has far more integrity than you do, but you're asshole so come here and i'm gonna beat you up instead okay wow like that would have been my reaction because great. he censored himself to asshole i yeah, he took it down a step plus how much how much do i actually swear the truth is i don't swear much and like the fact that i'm swearing shows you how upset i'd be about this because i feel like what yeah, it basically means is that like people in story's position have to freaking take this because this clown doesn't know how to control himself and that to me i would be angry about the injustice of the whole thing so i would probably be somewhere in this situation i'd be more towards russ's thing i wouldn't like i wouldn't try to physical violence i doubt but I would definitely be up in his face and be like, you know what? How about you take me on? Huh? Do you? You don't want to do that? Why not? Hey, Staring guy. I have a, you know, I have a that question. would have been my reaction, I think. So. so, Story, once you get past the initial exasperation at what this idiot is doing, doesn't the temptation come in to, like, be Gandhi and just to show how much Gandhi you have and you just, like, walk in front of him and lie down and, like, you want to beat me? Go ahead. Beat me. Absolutely. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, no, I have that gut instinct. And I mean, I, you know, I fight that in certain, you know, everyday meaningless situations to a certain extent because it's really not the best habit (laughs) for everyday use. But I totally used to do that sometimes. And there were school situations where I definitely got myself beaten up doing that. And I definitely do have a, like, incite people to, like, you think you're so tough with your violence. Okay. See what you get out of, you know, I beating thought, me up or hitting I, me or see what that accomplishes. I thought when I'm Russ said that, down. I had this yeah, image so of, of Story actually waving his hand and becoming Gandhi. Like, he's just like, pow, and it's like all of a sudden it's Gandhi. He's like, oh my god, yeah. he's got like the staff and the glasses. All my and hair falls off. Do your worst. Pummel me yeah. with your fists of fury. Dude, if I, I was a violent guy and Story turned into Gandhi, I would like fall down and walk away. I'd be like, Jesus, he just became they Gandhi. Will- <laughs> I would crush your soul with passive non-resistance <laughs> and non-violence, but much resistance without physically. Okay, you get the point. Yeah. Have you met my friend? Welcome to Thoreau. Yeah. You know. Yep, that's definitely my temptation. So absolutely, not not a doubt. But today, yeah, I can see that. So that, that I could had be to fun. come home, and it just put a little of that in me. Foul mood. It just makes me so 
angry, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't get to me, but it's just like, how do these people think they have the right to exist yeah, on exactly. the same planet? That's that injustice I was decent. talking about. Yeah. Is anybody decent? And it's just so... I just get, and that's why I want to, it's it's a shaming thing, I think. I think the urge to, to do that and to be like, okay, see what your violence is, especially in a public place. It's just a shaming thing. It's just like, oh, yeah? Okay, here it is. Did anyone yeah, around you notice him doing okay. this, notice oh. him staring at you in this way? I think they had to have. I mean, I think most people were just sort of duck their head down and, you know, bowl forward. I mean, people don't like getting involved in confrontational situations. And people will always assume if there's a confrontation, complete neutrality. They will never think. I mean, even if we had gotten into a situation where he had started just beating the crap out of me and I had done nothing back except maybe try to stand up again and get punched again, I think everybody would have described the situation as a fight. And it's something that, you know, I ran into this in school sometimes, too, when I would get beaten up and you get dragged into the vice principal's office and it's like you know it doesn't matter how completely oh. one-sided it was it's if either of you ever get into a fight again oh, yeah. if either of you and i can bring forth all sorts of witnesses and be like did i ever throw a punch did i ever do anything did i ever whatever except try to stand up and walk away and get hit again and people just don't they're so used to a he said he said whatever situation yeah, that they story. don't even listen to the actual facts in exceptional situations. But so, story, two quick things about that, though. I think that a lot of people though. in that situation would have just, yeah. Two quick things about that, though. I mean, I know that, things though. have changed a little bit. Well, well that's what I was going to say, hope. yeah. Because I was going to say, like, in the school environment, like, I, mean, I totally agree with you, and the same thing it's used to happen to me. Contest. The thing used to happen to me when I was in school, when I was basically, right. like, in fourth and fifth grade, I remember this kid, this one kid once, like, just walked past me in the hall and just punched me in the stomach for no reason, and I was like, the, some principal right. saw it, and the principal was like, both of you into my office. I was like, how is this my fault? You know, what? Yep. what is that all about? Exactly. That's the neutrality the thing. Right. But I think that I, the, where I disagree oh, with you, though... My thing went the opposite way. Where I disagree with you, though, and I think Russell agreed with me on this, is that when you get to the point of adulthood, and I, there's a story which I don't think we need to get into here, but it sort of confirms this. Well, no, I can tell it quickly. We all remember a situation where there was a guy in the debate team who was being harassed at Brandeis, and Russ and I had the same reaction, oh, which God. was we were so <laughs> angry. Oh, yeah. And the reason we were angry was because we remembered what it was like in school when actually... we couldn't defend ourselves. Do you know what I mean? So our reaction would have been in and that situation. And it was situation... a very similar situation <sighs> to, I think, you feeling defensive and standing up for someone who would never, yeah, a so very I... a person with a similar approach and personality I would have pulled the guy off you. Kinds of matters. I wouldn't have just sat yeah. there and been like, oh, look, a guy's oh getting beaten God. up. Like, even if I didn't know you, right, Russ? Like, yeah. I would have just been like, don't I mean, beat yeah. this guy up. And I, I wouldn't mean, have wanted yeah, you oh to, yeah. so that's fine. I mean, but yeah. some of the biggest fights I've ever gotten in as a kid were in defense of a friend who was being picked on. As for myself, I was never really, I mean, they were bullies, but they would never single me out because it just wasn't good for them. I wasn't going to be a victim. Like, if they wanted to mess with me, they would have to fight me. And if they had to beat me up, they would have to do it, you know, multiple times. But it wasn't like I was going to sit there and take it. Like, I would just throw myself at them. Until, like, basically until, like, they bloodied their hands, you know, and they're like, this is not fun anymore. And so... <laughs> So, you know, it, I was not a fun target for that sort of stuff. But totally, you know, when it comes to somebody else, even more so, yeah, the, the rage factor kicks in. But in school, for me, I was sort of more of the golden boy syndrome where I could do no wrong because everybody knew me and they knew that I was a good kid. So if there were any whiff of trouble, then they would automatically blame whoever was involved in it with me. So it was really nice to my advantage. I was like that for much of school, but there were some schools that I were in <laughs> that were in sort of special circumstances that that's where most of the places that I got beaten up. So Maybe. I did go to 13 schools before Brandeis. So yeah, I know. Wow! I, I didn't know that. A, I knew lot, that of had a lot of differences. Schools, yeah. You didn't know that? Teen. A lot of schools. I knew of like before Brandeis. Three yeah. and a half. Jesus. And I went to the same place for 8th through 12th grade, so it was 12 before 8th grade. Yeah, yeah so I was going to say, little... I thought that you'd only yeah. gone to one high school. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's why mm -hmm. I'm very surprised. Yeah. Huh. But one of, the, one of the things that yeah. I think got us all into debating, at least in part, was I was so kind of disturbed by that kind of violence and that, that level of violence that I think one of the things about debate was that you could do really well through the use of logic and rationality. And so when you still encountered on occasion people who do what this guy did to you, Story, or like the guy who was cutting me off on the highway, my reaction was even more like, what are you doing? Because it was like almost beyond my, you know, I had to sort of regress to the primal instinct of, well, then I'm going to beat the crap out of you which was exactly the opposite of what I would have wanted to normally do. Like, I was disturbed by any display of that kind of violent emotion, and debate allowed you to avoid that. So I think that was, eh, for me anyway, know. that was part of what drew me to it. Is that for it you was, guys, sure. 
as a utilitarian, I know that I'd be more effective at beating the crap out of somebody logically than I would physically. But that's not to say that if Brandeis didn't have a boxing team, I wouldn't have tried out for it. So <laughs> I don't know what I to probably say about would that. Have. I'm just, I'm so <laughs> baffled by that image that I just can't. I mean, just, a, a, a Brandeis box, you know, as long a as there's headgear. boxing team. At yeah, all. Weighing then it at a wiry 150 pounds. And <laughs> well, they have then wrestling. Russ they have wrestling, they can do boxing. I, I mean, mean, the reason yeah, they don't is because you have so much sure. more possibility for permanent damage. For death, yes. But that's why you wear the headgear <laughs> and, you know, with the protective stuff, it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the fact that we're all Division Three would have helped because have sure. you would have been getting, you would have been fighting yeah, some scrawny kid from NYU some or something. Scholarship bitches, <laughs> exactly. whatever. I was in good shape in college, dude. When that year that I was like weightlifting every day, I could have, I could have taken down you some were other 160 yeah. pound guys. In my day, I was strong. That was a long time ago. Yep. I'm a shell of my former self, but oh yeah, shell. can I tell you guys why I'm happy now? Are we done talking about violence yes, and a history so done story? I'm sorry, they're so done with this. Please and Aragorn take my mind off of it. Oh, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Russ will now distract me in five, four. Okay. Good. I can't even tell you how many reasons there are that I am so happy today. The the primary reason is you guys know that I have lived in the equivalent of the Burmese jungle for three years. <laughs> exactly three years. The and people see the website, they're like, Oh, Beverly Hills, blah blah no. Okay? <laughs> I live here because this was the cheapest apartment I could find when I moved to LA. It was cheaper I than Burma, actually. It happens to be it happens to be in Beverly Hills. I'm sorry. There are no amenities. It's a small one-bedroom apartment. I have, like, a waiting pool. It can barely be called a pool downstairs. What? I've lived in it the pool. last month just because it's so hot in my goddamn apartment. It is literally in the summer. It's like it a is kiddie between... pool. It's got little plastic around it. Very much so. <laughs> they just so. threw it out. Like the one when I had in college. Rubber duck, yeah. When we somebody used to have children whiskey. Moved. We had whiskey and kiddie pool night every Monday at, outside of my mod in Brandeis. <laughs> it was fantastic. That was when the boxing And this started. is what we have now. It is no less than 90 degrees in my apartment at all times for three months during the summer. 90 degrees. Okay. I have almost become a nudist because there's just no point to wearing clothing in the apartment. I cannot wear clothing. That's good for boxing training. Why would you want to? It's going to be stuck to you. You're going to be drenched. You may as well walk around naked. But then, then there's the trade-off, okay, I can put on clothes and open up all doors and windows try to get a cross ventilation going. It's just there's no win. I have been living in the Burmese jungle for three years. I probably lost about 20 pounds just sweat-related loss over that time. <laughs> Did you find any rebels it's piles been up around the floor? Anti-Burma rebels in and there? And this morning, my crappy, crappy excuse for an air conditioner that did nothing other than make noise so that people would think I had an air conditioner on and would take the thermostat down from 92 to 90 and a half degrees, <laughs> which was after four hours was great. They replaced it for free. All I had to do was call up the super, and they just replaced it. And they did it this morning, and I have 10,000 oh BTUs of cooling action. And I turned it on for the first time when I got home today, and my apartment was cool in 10 minutes. It's not five hours and you lose three <laughs> degrees. It was like, I'm okay wearing clothing, and it's been only 10 minutes. I can't express how I changed this is. I visit you now. I know. Oh, it'll never be even upsets me because I used never. to love your apartment it because it was one of the few places that I was actually comfortable. Oh my God, story! <laughs> it was so nice. Are you kidding? Oh, Ninety God. degrees all the time. Oh. It was so wonderful. Well, Are you? No, not you? at all. I loved his apartment's temperature. I loved it. Russ, oh, now I'm going to have to bring a coat. Russ, you got to clean up the to get rid of all the Burmese <laughs> jungle part. You got to clean up the standing pools of water and the mosquitoes. The dead cow might be a good thing to move. Also, if you want to really get rid of Burma. All right, so. I'll move some of the carcasses. Government. <laughs> exactly. They degrade very quickly in this heat. So your apartment's now called Myanmar instead of Burma. It's <laughs> it's an amazing, <laughs> amazing difference. I, I mean, I'm a cold weather person. Like I, I, you know, I've got the Russian blood. I've got the cold weather, the skiing blood. I'm comfortable skiing when it's 50, blood. 40 degrees. So the 90 makes me cranky all the time. It, I'm just cranky all the time. Or I was. In my apartment, it's all the time. It's 90 degrees. Be like, ugh. And my my electronics were like fusing to the wall. Like everything stopped what? working because it's just too hot. You can't run a computer and a TV. It's gonna raise the temperature another five degrees, and the electronics all fuse to each other and make a big ball of palladium. I don't know. It's not good. Palladium. So anyway. So you're happy because your apartment is cool. That's the I'm really happy. Okay, that's one reason. I'm happy because I have my life back. I feel like a normal human being. I don't feel embarrassed to, like, if I meet a girl, I can invite her back here and not be like, well, 
Oh, actually, I guess the you won't have to wear any clothing would be sort of. I was I think it'll be coming a nudist. Uh, I suggest you do the same thing. It's getting hot in here, indeed, and I mean it. There you no, go. really. Thank so it's, true. it's like I have my own apartment. I can live with the door closed. The front door does not have to remain open, so I can see all the passersby being like, "What are you doing, person in 301? Hello!" I'm like, "Stop stopping by. I need cross vent. I don't need you." He puts on the Billy song anytime okay. some girl walks into his apartment. She's like, "Why do you always play that same song?" Oh, no reason. I just thought I'd play that. Oh, God. Well, that's okay. great. That's great. Oh, boy. It does make a big difference. It's true. I remember when I was back in the apartment in oh, Brooklyn, God. 7th Avenue, so it was the same thing where we had this this air conditioner. I'm like, you know, this just the apartment doesn't get cool. And for some reason, it didn't occur to me to question the air conditioner. I'm just like, oh, yeah, the apartment's terrible. It's not insulated properly, blah, blah, blah. And then I got to this place, and I'm like, oh, these are working air – oh, the apartment is – oh, I, I see. Coolness <laughs> is here now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and get this. My electric bill is going to be about half of what it was when I would run the other retarded <laughs> air conditioner for right. a few hours. It would be like 40 bucks a month for four hours of non-useful air conditioning. This thing is like five times as efficient as the other one, so my bills are going to be cheaper, be, and it will actually work. To be fair, Russ, a computer fan is not supposed to be used as an air conditioner. Uh, exactly. <laughs> guy took it out. He's like, oh, this is when they still use blocks of ice to cool people down. I, no, we've got new ones now. Dude, my wind machine rotary fan that was the only other cooling agent before I had a working air conditioner, it has been through so many revolutions. <laughs> it's got, like, dirt caked on it. Of it's, course. like, separated out the dirt from the clean air. <laughs> it's course. gone around so many times. It's amazing. When I was, it looks like about 2,000 years old. When I was in Greece, and we were traveling through Greece a few years ago, they have no air conditioning in any of the rooms in the hotels that we stayed. But they said, oh, there's no need for air conditioning because you've got windows. They also, of course, have mosquitoes. So we often faced the devil's choice. Do we stay cool or do we get bitten to within an inch of our life? So we could be cool, more, you know, mosquito cool and itchy or hot. No, Russ, why would you have mosquito? Look, if you're in a country that has mosquitoes and you have to keep your windows open, why would you have mosquito nets? Why would you do something as sensible as having mosquito nets in that situation? Really? You know what they should have? What? They should have mosquito net guns. So that if you see people like swatting at bugs, you just take out your net gun and you shoot it at them. And then you're doing them a favor, but you get to shoot them at the same time, no, I mean, so everybody wins. That was the thing about Greece, man. Greece is a, a Greece is a tourist country that doesn't cater to tourists. It's amazing. It's a country that's like, why are you here? Oh, that's right. You're you're making our economy run. Well, in the meantime, you know, please sit in our rooms that have no mosquito uh -oh. netting. I mean, it was just it was ridiculous. We have uncorked Greg's Greece rage. Ugh. Do you remember yeah, we Greece haven't heard rage about Greece when it happened on the live? Microport. Oh my uh, gosh. This is like unending months. Of, you would think this I would have been segued off I went of my, uh, my spinach pie rants of yesteryear. <laughs> when I would say spinach pie is burning down my apartment, Greg would say, Greece, they've done it again. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what it is, too? <laughs> now that I've been to, I went to Austria, as you guys know, a few months ago, and again, just got to compare it. And I'm like, Austria, a country where things make sense. Greece, a country where things don't make sense. I, I can't explain it either way. I've been to Germany. I've been to Austria. I've been Hello, to... Hello, Aust I'm Austria. And I'm Greece. <laughs> I make sense. I don't. <laughs> Plus, I don't make it. Yeah, I was ridiculous. I'm Greece. Sorry. Well, I told I'm you guys... I'm in several other boxes. I won't be ready for a while. See, there's Greece's reaction to all of the things that don't make sense about it is to look at you and ask, why on earth would you want these things, which seem to make sense. So if I would say, do you have water because it's 95 degrees, they'd be like, why, why do you need Why you need water? Why Why you, why you got to have water? It's 95. You know, it's Greece. You, you, don't, you don't need water. Why, why you need water? That's the reaction that everybody has to any reasonable request. Whereas, if you go the to another country, country, like Germany, or no, I'm sure there are other countries that have this problem. But a musical. It, it, that's right. Sorry. <sighs> oh, you know, I forgot to tie up a loose end of the uh, the air conditioner story, and it wasn't air conditioner comma story, air conditioner lowercase air conditioner story, story. Yes. Right. So okay. bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the guys that set it up were very nice. One of them, and I was, you I'm know, not I was listening. Kind of accommodating. Are you saying something? That's fine. They're doing oh, things sorry. for free, which is great. I'm like, do you want a place to sit? Do you want a glass of water? One guy was being a little strangely friendly. Like, he started, like, looking at my DVDs, and he's like, Big Lebowski, yeah, great movie. I'm like, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Like, yeah, Big Lebowski, hey, man with two brains. I love man with two brains. I'm like, uh-huh. And then, and I can't believe what I'm about to tell you that he said. He looks at my poster of John Cleese from the Ministry of Silly Walks. 
And he's like, oh, Monty Python. You like Monty Python? I'm like, yeah, I think they're great. They're hilarious. And he's like, I like that Lumberjack song. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> and he's like, I really like the Lumberjack oh, song. God. And I'm like, okay. I'm okay, a Lumberjack. Look, guy. Said okay. look old guy. There's no, this is not ambiguous at all. There's absolutely no way no. for me to interpret what he is telling me other than I secretly want you to know that the Lumberjack song is about me. That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> like, no, I like to frolic through the woods. No, I'm sorry. He's saying he really likes the song about he dresses up in women's clothing and hangs around in bars. I'm a lumberjack. After that, I'm okay. His next line was he's like, actually, you said this was a nudist area before the air conditioning? Yeah, let me just see that wiring again. Oh, oh no. And I think my car just got <laughs> stolen. And it's getting warm in here again. Oh no. Have I mentioned yeah. I like the Lumberjack song? That freaked me out a lot. This could have been I, a really, really great day for you. Yeah. It could have been. It, it was great as it was. <laughs> well, but with that guy. Some people, very strange. <laughs> well, because revealing information I never wanted to know, you know for Russ, no reason. If I were you, I would have followed this up. Oh, there's a reason. Because think about it. This guy, yeah, this guy has changed your life through his installation <laughs> of the air conditioner. Why not just go along with it? You know, go with the flow. I think that you found the person that you need. I mean, air conditioner. Yeah, you're yeah. something, the right? Sixty-year-old. Part-time air conditioning installer, <laughs> cross-dresser guy. <laughs> Why not? It's a match made that in heaven. like fun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, of course, I had to relay that. So, Fucking, you know, so whatever, to each his own. Other than this to each his own. On you. But, like, don't tell me that shit, man. I don't want to know that stuff. You should call him back and tell like, him, fine. take that air you conditioner like out of the apartment, man. I'm offended. I don't want it. It's been installed <laughs> exactly. by I don't unclean want hands. Dirty air conditioning. You should have been like, you know, I used to be a nudist. Your dirty, just dirty implications. Uh, just yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hot, isn't it? So right. why else are you hot. happy, Russ? There has to be more than just the cool is. in there. And I, I don't. I was trying to figure out whether I should be talking about this on the show, and I can't really think of any of reason why I shouldn't. You should. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just something that people don't talk about. People, especially men, do not talk about this at all. But I am prepared to share this oh, very personal issue. That's nice. With I'm excited. Dozens, Check this out, new listeners. Tens of listeners. This is what we're all about. Perhaps single digits. Does this also of tens involve of the listeners. air conditioner? No. Repair it's not guy? related to the air conditioner. No. Thank God. <laughs> That's Thank a God disturbing story. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, okay. people wouldn't talk about that. It's the true. other reason that I'm in a great <laughs> mood is apparently I I am growing back hair on my head. Which is really okay. great. All right. I'm very happy about this. And I know it's hard to relate to, but when you go to, when someone like me, and I've been losing my hair since I was like 15, there's not been a post-pubescent point in my life when I was not dealing with like losing my hair. So you, I walk into Supercuts, and I'm a pariah at Supercuts. This is a world where hair is all that matters, right? You can be a really cool guy. You can be really funny, really wealthy. You can be Batman. But if you don't have cool hair, you are useless at supercuts. Batman, I'm going to need to ask That's you to remove the helmet so I can cut your hair. Oh. Um. And this is always very difficult for me because I'm used to either, like, fitting in or being, like, at the top level of whatever I'm doing. So to walk into a place where I'm, like, mutant Phantom of the Opera guy <laughs> and nobody wants to deal with me just because of my appearance, I just Russ, don't know how to deal with it. What? Does the I, organ I have no start idea. playing in the background? <laughs> it's this. The big chandelier swings up over his head. Oh, my Russ God. He's losing hair, my friends. <laughs> it's gone too long. Yeah. It's true. It's like nobody looks at me. They pawn me off to like the half-blind old lady that for some reason what? is employed at Supercuts. It's like, who gives a shit? You're going to cut his six hairs. Nobody, it doesn't matter. What? Who cares what it looks like? Don't waste your time. Seriously, this is how I'm treated. But this last week, I went in, and this fairly normal lady who's cut my hair before was like, hey, you have more hair than you used to. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you have more hair. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I... Just like Rogaine, but wow, that's that's good. She's like, wow, that's good. And all of a sudden, I felt like the retarded kid who figured out how to open the milk carton by himself. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, a compliment at Supercuts. I could never have expected have this in a thousand years. It's like I, uh, I hate to burst your bubble here, but are you sure she wasn't just finagling for a larger tip? Do you have an independent confirmation because that there's she, additional hair? Well, was she a spammer. I, she had like uncanny amount of memory about like how I wanted my hair cut, and I never wanted like gel in my hair. So she, with first, she was already impressed me with the uncanny memory, and then the fact that she recognized that my hair was growing back, I was like, okay, I, I, I totally buy that. And again, 
you know, at no point am I going to be Fabio. This is not an expectation <laughs> of Fabio-like hair. Damn it. I want but Fabio. I was getting board. very close, very close to the stage of I'm just going to shave it off and be one of those guys with the shaved heads. And I'm not so sure I can pull off being one of those guys with the shaved heads. I don't think my head looks good if it would be totally shaved. I was on the brink. I have been pulled back slightly from the brink to the point where it might be worth it to keep what I've got and not shave it all off. So wow. this has awesome. made me very happy. Cool. That's great. Yeah. This has made me very happy. I think it's, it's hard to appreciate this, but especially being in L.A., where looks are like 95% hair, oh, yeah. and I shit you not, like ugly guys all over the city with fantastically attractive women because they have cool hair. They have like seven noses, <laughs> but like really cool hair. <laughs> and so it's fine. Like nobody minds. Uh... It could, you could have like a congenital birth of like, you know, one of those congenital twins where you just have like a head growing out of a shoulder. But if like the head sure. has like a really nice mop, then in that's, LA he'll be that's okay. more hair. Yeah. He'll make <laughs> it to a hair. soap opera. The aggregate of oh, hair man. is more. Yeah, like of that is yeah. really, really important here. And so for me, I was like, I have to deal with this. Oh, good, good news in that department. That's great. I'm a happy guy. And uh, I think to relate this to, to women, on a totally shallow level, I would say maybe obesity for women, maybe the same level of how much this repulses the opposite sex, in my opinion. I would say either obesity or, you know, some really, really bad birth defect type thing. I think it's that level. Like a third head. I think not, you might be publicly. exaggerating. A little bit. No, I a think little. it's, a, well, maybe L.A.-centric. Either line. obesity this is very or open running source. I think those are the or two death. things that repulse the average <laughs> person. Like, okay, if you're a bald guy, you want to date, you have to find the equivalent of a necrophiliac. He's a very small percentage of the population. <laughs> no, no, very it's small. just death. Forget birth defects you're, and obesity. It's just death. It's like you're fishing you in a find small people. pond. <laughs> Who date the dead people? Well, you know who date exactly. the ones under the ground. You need that kind of subculture of people who are infatuated with the no hair, because everyone likes hair. Well, you know what's funny about and that I though? I, but hey, I, I appreciate. I mean, yeah. I totally under. I think that's. I congratulations. I think that's great. And I, it's funny because I remember there was this one stage. <laughs> I, for me, it wasn't when I was 15, but I, because I have gone through a little bit of the hair losing thing, but not, not sort of like it was the sort of standard receding, you know. Except that I started to notice it in my senior year of college, and it has not progressed since then. So I have, knock on wood, the slowest receding hairline of all time. And what people who knew me back yeah, in high school the other thing. was, they concluded exactly. was that like. They much preferred this than when I. They said they're actually Greg. We think you look really good. The best thing that ever happened to you was you know having a slightly receding hairline, like slightly, because I used to have this mop of hair in high school that was just a disaster. It was like someone just said, "Here, we're going to take some hair and we're just going to put it on his head, and then we're going to give him horn-rimmed glasses so he looks incredibly dorky." Okay, ready? Go. All right. And like so, this is really this improved is totally things. totally my other you know? beef. With my particular genetic hair loss just sucks because I don't get the cool, like, Jack Nicholson receding hairline where you have all your hair but just, like, goes back further on the top. You can be cool like that for, like, 20 oh, years, yeah. but I never got that chance. Mine was, like, French soldiers on my head where they're all, like, retreating from the back <laughs> lines. They're abandoning the front lines slowly. They're like, we're fucking leaving. I know as this is going. They're shared carpeting there. We will escape. We will never be found. I could see, I'm not being part of some goddamn comb over. I wanted to be on Jennifer Aniston's head. Let's go, Jacques. We're leaving. Russ's hair as French soldiers. This wait, is a tremendous wait. analogy. Let me first headbutt someone on the way. Okay. All right, good. Go. There we go. And it all comes back to my bald hero, Zenadine Zidane. Exactly. The exactly. handsomest, baldest man on the French national team. You will not disparage him. Because you see what he did, story? Do you see the symbolism? The stupid, greasy, floppy Italian with players with their perfect hair were struck down by <laughs> the gloriously <laughs> moral baldness of Zinedine Zidane <laughs> and his I dome wonder, of retribution. Wait, wait, wait. I wonder why we disagree on this, Russ. I wonder who sides with the nonviolent, sometimes vitriolic in verbal statements with the lots of hair. That's what I was just going to say. The bald, that yes. violent guy. In case you guys are wondering, I wonder why we disagree. Go find more pictures of story <laughs> at our website, memreport.com and Blue Pyramid, and tell us why it is that Russ and Story do not connect with each other on this issue either. Because uh, Story has, yes. you notice he's been very quiet story. during the no hair discussion. And I was you ever say, moved to L.A. 
you ever moved to LA, Stoy, say, yeah. they would sign you in two seconds. Stoy's like, They'd a, be like, Jesus God, man. He's like a thin Fabio. Somebody. Stoy's like a, a, he's a like a Fabio with wiry strength. It doesn't matter. Story. Doesn't matter. Fabio Every with wiry strength. They would think he was in a band. Every time that I've considered a little bit cutting my hair or going to a somewhat shorter, I mean, I would never go super short. I never in my life, even when I was a kid, had, like, really short guy hair. But I had sort of average length guy hair for a long time. And every time I think about cutting it even a little bit, even to, like, long hair for a guy, but way shorter than it is right now because it's, like, to the small of my back at this point, I think about what will happen when I lose my hair and that I will have wanted to enjoy as much hair as possible <laughs> because you can't, when the hair starts to go, you can't still pull off the long hair. That just looks nope. silly. Then you become one of those Hulk old Hogan. guys. Only Hulk Hogan. And Emily has actually like made me sign things. I mean, not literally sign them, but has made me swear up and down stacks of Bibles, what have you, that if I start to lose my hair, I will not try to pull off the long hair, losing hair thing because it doesn't work and it looks sad and pathetic and it's not good. And I agree with that. So I know that I can't do that. So the second that, you know, it really starts to go and you start to see it, it's going to be over for the long hair. So I will have wanted to have as many years with the long hair that I love as I did. So I haven't considered cutting it and that's that's why I haven't cut it in eight years. You see? Part, you part, think the that physical violence is the worst trauma visited on man, but only because actually, you've never lost your hair. actually hair loss. You know nothing of my experience. My violence is justified. Uh, yeah. It is a pecket on the surface. It is nothing compared to the horrible disfiguration of what I have gone through. Sanity is a damn yeah. for president. <laughs> what if someone violently cut your hair off? Right. Clearly, we could agree that that would be. Yeah, like what? The if, worst what if that woman? Yeah, I mean, you know? like I was saying, yeah. I was getting very close to just being like, just shave it off, dude. I can't deal with this anymore. There's no more fighting against the tide. I understand where this is going. I just want you to shave it off. It was very close. I was like one, maybe one and a half haircuts away from it. It was very close. Well, why didn't, I mean, I was going to say, no idea. what would have happened if the woman was like, oh, I see that you're growing more hair, and now it's time to cut it all off. You know, like what if that had happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would have been like, eh, I already mentally prepared for it, so it's fine. I see, I see. You know, I just had this image all of a sudden of all of you people bald, and I just, story, I'm just not seeing it. I, I don't, I, you know, like... It's really hard to imagine, I can't imagine isn't it? it? And I'm sure I would be a very ugly bald. I have no doubt that there's like some bump on my head oh, that I don't really know about, but would come out oh, totally. and be pronounced. You have to I think have a of like, like that. twenty new things. If you're thinking of shaving yeah. your yeah. head, you're like, am I too pale to shave my head? Do I have like the proper complexion and shape of head liver to shave spots my head? on it's my head? Are there nightmare. liver spots? Do I look like the dude exactly. from Big Trouble in Little China? You don't know what your scalp looks like. Oh, Mr. Burton, green exactly. eyes, Mr. Burton. Lopan. <laughs> Lopan, right? Freaking Lopan, man. Yeah, I had a good friend in high school who was actually on the debate team, and the track team all decided to shave their head for no reason, and he did, like, a couple of track events. And it was the worst-looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I told him this. I mean, he knows. It was it was absolutely... <laughs> actually, you guys knew him from the debate circuit, Matt Barrett from Stanford. I don't know if you ever met him, but... Uh, uh, yeah. Him with a shaved head, it's like five trapezoids coming out of his head. It was the worst <laughs> shaped head. And he what? looked very normal, like normally he had fine hair, very normal, no problem. And then it was like the attack of the flying trapezoids. It was really well, I don't understand. What do you mean trapezoids? Yeah. What, what is that? I mean like his head was misshapen in the shape of several in angular trapezoidish ways? Like pasting trapezoids to a sphere. That was his I head. Think, I think that man will be king. I think genetically he was growing a crown, perhaps. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> coming out of his skull. No, not in any orderly fashion. No, no, no. Not in, like, some sort of ringlet or in some sort of visible pattern. Ringless. It was just like, here's a trapezoid, and then under the earlobe, and then over the head, and, you know, I mean, it was just it was Can terrible. you imagine it? Really that guy had The trapezoids somebody? will coordinate to form the crown and coronate him as exactly. king. Exactly. But not before I guess then. I'm going to find out with this episode if... Matt Barrett listens to the Matt report, and this is going to be I guess that whole sort of thing. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine if uh, if that if you imagine that that guy was Zidane and he headbutted the guy, he'd be like, "Oh God, you've opened up my vein!" You'd oh, oh God. yeah, seriously. He never could have played soccer because it just would have you know never could have been able to predict where the ball was going to mm -hmm. go. Would have like bounced it in his own goal when he was heading it out of there. Yeah. So and the Italians could not, not predict good. where the ball was going to go. So story when it headbutted them in the chest. 
Then it deemed to death. So, story. Let me ask you. Yeah. Very nice. I understand that you don't <laughs> yeah. think that anything is just that you know the guy condition. provoking him to justify provoking him didn't justify him headbutting. And my reaction was that the guy was incredibly stupid. Right. So I agree with that. But my question is, are you willing to forgive him after that fact? Like, I mean, the fact that he's been a great player his whole career, and you know, someone called his mother a whore, and he reacted by headbutting him, and it was really stupid. Or does that condemn him in your eyes for the rest of your life? Like, is he doomed to wander the subways of San Francisco? I mean, I mean of the Bay Area, butting people in you know kicking people in the ankle is that what he's like doomed to do now yeah i mean pretty much he's condemned <laughs> i mean i'm not a terribly forgiving person oh no general, really especially of those that i don't <laughs> especially of people that i don't know like friends get a fair amount of forgiveness but you know myself and people that i don't know I, i'm not forgiving to these people this these are groups of people that deserve no forgiveness so <laughs> no it's so weird in short I short, put myself no. on the same level as strangers, and I treat myself that it's way. It's true. I mean, I'd probably no a little lower. I would probably forgive a stranger <laughs> slightly sooner than I would forgive myself, oh, and this boy. is just true. But, wow. you know, there's that in part. But the other thing is that what I really want to know, what I've really been wondering about, and I, to my knowledge to this point as of recording now, he has not made any statement the Italian no, he guy did. has made several statements. Today, you know, there were rumors about the insults. He did. He, oh, did. he, he, he apologized. He insulted his mother and sister repeatedly. And he said he apologized for doing okay. it. He said he was wrong to do okay. it. And he was oh, sorry. and he did apologize. Yes. Okay. Because what I was really curious, and I'll read more about it, but I was really curious to see what his explanation was just because it was such a momentous time. I mean, if he did this in the third game against Togo, which he actually didn't play in because he was suspended, but, you know, if he had done that, like, in that game or in some other game 20 years ago or something, I mean, it would make so much more sense. I don't understand how you could possibly, I don't care how upset or how rattled or railed, how you could possibly lose sight of the fact that you're 10 minutes from retirement. I know. Well, it's... That, you know, you could do whatever you want. And it one was of the most important. glorious retirements in the history of sports. But story... You know, it would be like Michael Jordan in Game 7 of his last, you know, NBA Finals, just punching someone in the mouth with 3.30 to go in a tie But game. I think that that's the point, like, is it that... It would be that kind of totally incomprehensible. And there's that much trash-talking in, in basketball. See, that's the other thing, is this trash-talking. I don't know what the culture of trash-talking is in soccer. It could be that no one ever says a word to each other, or it could be that there is a constant culture of trash-talking, that this was just par for the course, and it happens to be getting attention because he lost his head and has to explain right. it somehow. But how do we know that not everyone is always had their mother and sister called whores constantly, well, that, especially in high-pressure that's, games? That's, there's know. a couple things about that, by the way. First of all, I think soccer players are prima donnas, and I think that's been proved over and over and over again during this World Cup, not just with the dives, but with their reactions to this kind of stuff. But the other thing is... Oh, God, my exactly, knee. But, You've killed my family. Exactly. But the other oh. thing is, is that they... they I, I think beyond that, though... I think that this sort of demonstrates what makes, you know, watching sports and athletics exciting because you just can't remove the emotional element. Like if you take somebody, this is one of the reasons why, you know, for the rest of his life, A-Rod is never going to be considered, at least in New York, the Uh-oh. great player that, G- that Jeter is. Well, and the reason that he's not going to be championship. Cons- mm-hmm. the reason he's not going to be considered the way Jeter is is because Jeter just doesn't, he isn't that emotionally invested in the way that, that A-Rod is. And I think that that's kind of the thing. It's like the emotional state of the human being, you can't really explain it. The fact that he could wander around and then headbutt a guy, red right. card himself, and quite probably cost his team the World Cup in the last game of his career, just shows you how powerful those emotions actually run. And that's why you do admire people I mean, like Michael Jordan, is, who probably dealt with unbelievable provocation and was like, screw you, I'm going to win anyway. I mean, that's what makes him even a greater athlete, is that he didn't fall prey yeah. to this. You know? He was also a big Here's trash problem, himself. That's right. I think that the explanation actually is that he thought he would get away with it. No. That he no, 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 would no, no, never no. have done no. it without thinking no. that he would get away with it because it was away from the ball. But and he was right in front of the ref. know that the referees are aware of the situation and the significance of that game and him oh, as a no. player. And I think By the that's way, what makes it more condemnable is that he thought which, he was going to get away with it. There's and he a thought huge, he was above the game. Huge controversy about that, which is that it seems that the reason that, that they pulled out the red card was because the referee saw what had happened on the replay board up on the screen in the stadium, right. exactly. which is completely exactly. illegal. 
which they're not allowed to make calls based on replays in FIFA. And so if right. no referee saw it happen on the field, they couldn't have given him the red card. And so it, it, right. there's actually like a pretty pathetic challenge being put up by some French citizens saying that you could not have done that by looking at the board. Thank so God for replay. He probably shouldn't have even right. been kicked out of the game to begin That's, with. Well, it's another... Which is yeah. why, again, that I think adds to the case. It was so far from the play and so far from the ball, and it took the refs so long to confer and decide it. And I, you know, at the time, they sort of made the call, oh, I think someone might have looked up and seen it on the screen because from the initial tape it looked like no ref was looking in that direction and so that just adds to the fact that I think he only did it because he thought he'd get away with it for all these reasons and I think that makes him unforgivable I think that part of it is it's one thing to be able to say you're going to do that and own up to it I mean I think they're both reprehensible but it's just a whole extra level of saying I'm above the game I'm going to be sneaky about this and do this away from the ball in a situation where I think I won't pay the consequences and I think if he had really felt that he would have gotten red carded, if he had seen everything that would have happened, he wouldn't have done it. And that's interesting. I, kind of I don't know that I agree on that, but I would say just in general what it proves to me is knock off the trash talking in sports. Everybody is way too into the give me respect. If I hear one more multimillion dollar athlete talk about getting respect, I'm like, no. How about, you know who gets respect? People who slave away in the Peace Corps to try to bring peace to other countries and food to people who need it. Those are people who deserve respect, not a multimillion dollar athlete. Get rid of the respect. Get rid of the stupid yeah. sitting around and you know pretending that you know they insulted this and they did this to my... Stop. Stop the trash talking. Play the damn sport. I mean, that's what I would say about it. Oh, and by you the know? way, I felt even less sympathy for the Italian team after the game when the Italian right-wing organizations were like, see, this is what happens when you put up a white team against a team full of communists, black people, and Algerians. Oh, God. And they actually <laughs> said this. Welcome to Italy. Oh, yeah. That's distressing. And so they were very well, proud of their, always, of their white team yeah. victorious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, you can. No, but I mean, the way that the Italian team conducted them, the way the Italian team conducted themselves in the game, they absolutely deserved it. I couldn't believe the guy was fine. I wish he'd gotten hurt after doing that to Zidane. I mean, even if you don't show respect for your ordinary player, for a guy that's been one of the greatest players in the game in his retirement game, you just don't do stuff like that. You have no respect for the game whatsoever. And I thought he was totally justified in doing that. To this the is, guy. by the way, Completely. one of the reasons I like tennis. I've, Total because it is one of the only sports in which trash talking and, and stuff like this is kept to an absolute minimum. I mean, it still exists at times. There's still There have been occasions where things have happened, but it's so much less than in some of these other sports. And I think a big part of that is the fact that it's a non-contact sport. I think whenever you have a non-contact sport, it's just much less likely that you're going to get these emotions this heated up. But I agree with the story that these people all need to grow up. Zidane was stupid. I don't care what they said to him before. It was stupid to do it. And he probably cost us in the World Cup. But I don't think the Italians get off as scot-free here. And I think what this proves once and for all no, the is that the U.S. was robbed by Ghana. Thank you. Yeah, good job. Oh, I'm joking. Goodness. I'm joking. No, I'm can kidding. we talk I'm about kidding. the U.S. sport that actually matters and talk about... Well, we only got a minute to do it, possibly. so make it quick. In fact, I'm going to discard the possibly <laughs> the greatest all-star game in human oh, history. Lord. It was awesome. It was, it was it. It was solid. The best all-star game fantastic. of all time. It was solid. It was Yeah, there was pitching. Amazing. Are you kidding? An amazing amount of pitching. Two outs, Watching. two strikes, and he hits a two-run double I only, or triple. Wasn't it a triple? I only, yeah. it was a triple. It was a triple. I only watched a couple of yeah. innings a of it. A triple? A two-run triple an all-star game. with two strikes and two outs yeah. to go from losing to winning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's okay. Are you serious? Did you not see the triple? I mean, yeah, well, you know what the no problem was? If it were the Red Sox doing crowd it, it is so pathetic. They had to play the, like, crappy let's go music with two outs in the ninth <laughs> inning because nobody even cared. They're just like, are we watching baseball? What is this sport that with these players who can hit and pitch? I don't even know what this is. Where are the Pirates? Yep, exactly. It was pathetic. The, the Pittsburgh crowd was really pathetic, and it shows that. I don't know that they deserve a good team after watching. Hey. Or maybe they just didn't care. It, I mean, you've got to feel bad really for the man game. after all the stuff that went through It was through an excellent them, game. But, well, shouldn't they be excited? They get to see some good players for a while? No, they, they, they go. Even, they weren't even into the, the they game. They go, wow, this is the last good baseball game we'll see here for a decade. Great. <laughs> That's what they got out of that. <laughs> go, Jason Bay. Uh, yeah. Well, gentlemen, believe it or not. Yeah. So I'm preemptively inviting you guys both to the uh, next All-Star game. Hopefully it will be as good. Is it out there? Where is it, is it being held? San Francisco. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, Come on oh, out. Your tickets. Bring sweet. your emo suit. Yeah, man. Sounds like a plan. Wow. We could do like a live MEP report from the All-Star game. Yeah. That would be sweet. 
That would. Um, I want to interview Bonnie Bernstein. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie Bernstein. So, Bonnie. Actually, like, they do have moron? Wi-Fi in Pac Bell. I often, uh, or whatever it's called these days, AT&T Park. I often uh, will watch the Mariners game on MLB TV while watching a live game awesome. of the Giants. That's pretty sweet, man. It's it's, I think it's now experience. Kenneth Lay Memorial oh, Stadium, God. but that's, <laughs> that's a new yeah, change. Perhaps. So. But in a week, <laughs> in a week, it will be Zinedine Zidane Memorial Stadium when he follows He's, the same oh, fate. by the way, this man game. has huge things coming to him in his life. I, I believe if he wanted to, he could be the president of France. Probably. In, in 10 Probably. years. Absolutely. Absolutely could. Yep. Can you imagine he walks by he walks it. by some premier and the guy's like, Oh, you know your mother's a whore and he like headbutts like the head of like England or something, he's just like the prime minister. I'm telling you, be great. You're gonna be seeing that on T V awesome. over and over and over yep. again. Just wait. Just wait another week. Be a everyone hero. will be headbutting everyone in the chest. <laughs> it's gonna be very entertaining. He's given us comedy gold for the next five years. You just don't know it. Well yet. I can see it coming. Like, folks, unfortunately we have come to the end of yet another eventful hour in Mepland, but we want to thank everybody for listening and we want to remind everybody, Cast Wars, please go to Podcast Pickle, please vote for cast wars we could only win. you can keep oh russ's good mood going and make we stories make bad mood better only you can do round. that we need to make the my knockout if round if we make the round of 16 i will grow back more hair in fact do it for in fact, me story can and, you put maybe a link to cast please. wars on the website so people can just go click on it and do that yeah i'll i'll see what i can do i i will see what go I to can podcast do. pickle and, uh, and do that time and, and thank you for voting for us we really appreciate and it until next week people don't kick ankles on the don't subway. Do that. Just don't, don't be do that it. guy. It's not do headbutt chests. <laughs> don't kick ankles. I think that's something we can all Thanks, agree everybody. On. We'll see you next week. Say uh, goodbye, everybody. No. <laughs> Just, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Goodbye. Don't. Cool goodbye. it here. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron, or at least not the stupid one in the cars. Please support the Mep Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for Mep link on the Mep Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. 